When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good morning, Birds fans. Cut down day. Kind of a tough day for a bunch of players in the National Football League, but it's also a, a day for Eagle fans to get excited. Do you get excited about cut down? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, uh, well, it's exciting, I think. You know, it's a big day. Um, but it's only the initial 53. Like, the real 53, I, I saw uh, somebody tweeted in these rights, I forget, but uh, the real 53 is next Tuesday before Wednesday practice because you have all this time now. NFL changed a couple years ago. They sort of had that extra span before the final, uh, not the final, the initial cut down um, and have that, you know, the, the players collectively bargain, have the weekend off. So then they come back next week and that's when you know you're going to see waiver pickups you're going to see trades you're going to see moves and you know go back to last year i'm trying to think off the top of my head the eagles well they claimed um, uh trey sermon and ian book um so you know that's after the 53 um and i think that jack anderson got uh claimed by the Giants. 
Josh Blackwell got claimed by the Bears. I think there was a third one, um, but I, I can't remember. Josh Blackwell. Boy, I hate to pick on the Bears, but he's still on the Bears, by the way. It's not Is that. He still on their roster? But if you remember the great Ugo Amadi era, uh, uh, the yes. Eagles traded for Ugo Amadi. He was at practice in Cleveland. They had joint practices. Then he flew to Florida, and then they traded him to Tennessee. He was there that quick. They 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 traded for him. They traded him out. But when they traded for him uh, originally, they had to get a roster spot. And to do that, they waived Josh Blackwell. And this is like, Jody, this is like a week before the final cut. So I'm saying to myself, and I hate, I know it seems like I pick on the Bears, but I don't pick on the Bears. It's just easy because they make so many mistakes. So I'm thinking to myself, well, if you like the kid, why didn't you pick him up the week earlier when they waived him? The Eagles waived him and brought him back. They waived him when they traded for Amadi. Then when they when they traded Amadi, they brought him back. And I'm like, well, if you like the kid that much, you could have had an maybe, extra maybe, week. Maybe with they him. had an injury in between. Do you remember the all the roster? Uh, no, the I don't. Made? There, there could always be other things, but it, it's like uh, it's just an example. But I just because I bring up Josh Blackwell, and by the way, he's still on the team. I, I do not believe he's been uh, uh, cut by the Bears. So, well, then that was a good pickup if they got a full year out of yeah, him I and he's going to make the roster again. I would say that's a smart move by the Chicago. I, 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 if you get an extra week, get an extra week. Yeah, that's my only point. If yeah. you're, if you got your eye on the kid, um. Yeah, but anyway, I don't know if he's going to make the team. I said I, I, I don't think he's been released yet. Is what I right? He's and uh, they will be one of if he's cut. Many players that are cut today, the NFL will add to the unemployment uh, issues in this country, and then a whole bunch of guys will get jobs back. I'm going to go through the dates and times and everything on the practice squad because it is an important part of doing business in the National Football League. It's a 53-man roster, but in actuality, it's a 69-man roster because you do have the ability to bring players back on the uh, practice squad as well, which is a scramble, kind of like the day, the hour. No, I can't even – the minute after the NFL draft ends and people start uh, scrambling for the undrafted free agents and uh, are you going to make a specific bid to get to a guy, there's some recruitment involved. And there's recruitment involved with the practice squad as well. But before we ever get to the cuts, Johnny Mac, Eagles added a player yesterday. While everyone else is lopping players off or getting ready to lop players off, and the Eagles already lopped off 20 guys, so they, they only have to cut 17 before today's deadline. They actually added a player, and the headline uh, kind of writes itself, Eagles gamble on uh, Isaiah. Yeah, yeah that, that was low. That was low-hanging fruit, Jody, and yeah. believe me, I went there 10 seconds. <laughs> you and every other writer who yeah. covers the Philadelphia Eagles, it's too ju just too good not to use. Um, hey, uh, it's Howie Roseman being Howie Roseman when you can pick up a talented player with no really strings attached. They don't have to put him on the roster. He's already suspended reserved. So he's just kind of sitting in abeyance for an entire year. And oh, by the way, I say an entire year. He needs to petition the league for reinstatement. 
it's, I think, a given that he's going to be reinstated next year. Unless he keeps gambling in the meantime, which I I hope he learned his lesson. But, yeah, I mean, uh, I I don't think there's any doubt he's going to be back as long as he doesn't do that. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is is where I give the Eagles credit, man. I, I think a lot of other organizations, the vast majority of other organizations, good and bad ones, so I'm not going to pick on the Bears here. Good and bad ones don't even think about crap like this. And the Eagles do, so I give them credit. I mean, that's a good football player. And, you know, they don't have to pay him. He can't be with the team. The contract tolls. It's just one of those innovative ideas. You sign him now, it, it tolls because he's suspended, so it turns into a 2024 contract. And you don't have to deal with when teams wake up and they say, Oh, Rogers has been reinstated. We need a, a a corner. Let's try to go after him. You don't have to deal with it. You beat him. You're ahead of the curb. I, I, you know, they deserve a ton of credit for this stuff. This is the kind of outside the margin stuff that we always talk about with this team. They're just better than other teams. The vast majority uh, when it comes to stuff like this. And he's only 25 years old. And last year, uh, you and I both have kind of a love-hate relationship with uh, PFF for Football Focus. Uh, some of the things they do, I think, are tremendous. Other things uh, make me roll my eyes, and I just, sorry, I, I know you're breaking down film, but I watch film too, and I just don't see it the same way you do. So I, I don't use it as gospel, but it's pretty darn good, and they do put the work in and the effort in. They had him graded as the fifth-best cornerback in the National Football League. Day. <clears throat> how How... How has he been sitting out here all the time? We're giving the Eagles credit for taking a, a gamble. Sorry, I couldn't resist uh, on, on this young man. But uh, so could everybody I th- else. I th- honestly, Jody, I think they don't even think about it. They're like, he's suspended. Well, you know, it's not on. It's not. They don't even think about stuff like that. They, they, they don't even think about, oh, we can sign him and, and the contract will toll and we can get. They don't even think about that. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And, yeah, I mean, the Eagles deserve a lot of credit. This is a good player. Now, he's not the fifth-best cornerback in football. Um, And I'm I'm with you. Look, I like pro football focus, I always explain, if you understand the context of what they do. Um, And, you know, he he played – I'm trying to look it up as we speak – so if you look at uh, the top five cornerbacks, you know, he played 400 and something reps. So uh, the the sample size is a lot smaller uh, than, the, you know, if you're – so I'm trying to – so Sauce Gardner was number one, your guy. He played 1114. Mm-hmm. Like Number two was Pat, Pat Sertain, who played 1,104. Ramsey was third, who played 1,078. And then you had Duke Shelley, who played 470, and Rodgers, that played uh, 434. Then you go to Ward, who's 1,144. Campbell, who's 1,275. So those were really fourth and fifth, Ward and Campbell. But, you know, they played well, Duke Shelley and Isaiah Rodgers. In a limited role. That's what it means. You know, they played well. They did a good job in their limited roles. Uh, 
And, you know, it's interesting. He played a lot outside um, Rodgers with the Colts. I guess they had some injury issues. Um, and to me, obviously, just from his size alone, he's 5'10", 170 pounds. He should be a slot corner. Ultimately, that's where I think the Eagles will be looking at him. Uh, but we'll see. We've got a long time to wait. But I, I don't see any downside to this. Any. And if he had played 80 snaps, then I would have said a limited role. He's played one-third of what a usual on the field, every single play cornerback would play. If he's playing 400, the other guys are playing 1,000, 1,100. It, it, it's a smaller sample size, but I wouldn't it's even a read call it a sample, sample, sample size. It's basically the same thing. It's a read blank replayed in that area. Uh, that's it's not, you know, when you're Sauce Gardner or Patrick Chatan, I mean, there is difference. The more you're on the field and the more people notice you're on the field, you know, if there's some issues, they're going to try to take advantage of it. So I do think sample size matters. That's a significant, um, that's not a lot. It's not small. I agree with that, but it's not a lot. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't see any downside to it. Um, Here's the and, only downside, John, and you kind of uh, referenced it in passing. Is he still got a problem? Because you and I have talked plenty here on the show about the uh, way the NFL has dealt with players and this gambling issue that you think they should have had more of a uh, – uh, a buildup to a significant suspension or fine that uh, you, you get your wrist slapped first. And then if you do it again, then the fine gets, and then if you do it again, all right, now you're sitting for an entire year. And you might be right about that. Uh, from what I was told, and you've got better sources than I do, but I have a couple of sources that this was pretty well, certain teams, they left it up to individual teams to make sure that the players understood all the possibilities of what could happen to them if they broke the rules, what the rules were, what the potential punishments were. So there there could have been guys who slept through. Maybe the, the Indianapolis Colts are just a poorly run organization that didn't get the information that they got. Everybody knew. If I knew, and I'm just a stupid guy who hosts a uh, show on either YouTube or the radio, I knew <laughs> that you can't bet on National Football League games. Well, in a player in the National Football League, has got to know that. If you get caught for the, well, I made the bet in the parking lot of the facility and I didn't realize it was a geo tracker and that I can just kind of forgive and go, all right, well, he didn't understand all the rules. This guy bet hard-earned money on an actual football national oh, football Oh, uh, he bet on his own team. He bet on the Colts. Yeah, I'm not uh, – when, when I said that what I said – which you described accurately. I'm talking about guys who are betting on NBA games. Right. And, uh, you know, from the start, I said, yeah. I mean, if you bet on an NFL game, um, yeah, you got to be suspended. Down and it came down on this guy. He got an yeah. entire year. That scares me a little bit. If a guy's got a two-team NBA But uh, from why it doesn't scare me is, all right, doesn't matter. I mean, then they don't have them. But, I mean – so from that standpoint, again, we'll use the low-hanging fruit again. It's a gamble, but I don't think the Eagles are going to count on him and say, oh, we're going to build – he's going to be our slot corner. We're going to build anything around him. I think they're smart enough. They've proven they're smart enough to sign this contract in the first place. They're smart enough to realize, oh, they're not going to put their apples in the Isaiah Rogers basket. It's just 
and an opportunity to potentially get a talented player um, for virtually nothing. I'm sure when the contract comes out, it'll be uh, the veteran minimum or wherever he is in his career. So, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't see any downside. If he gets suspended again, he gets suspended again, and you kick him out and you move on, he probably never sets foot in the building. Right. Um, here's, here's where you could have an issue, and I know this is hypothetical and it's reaching a little bit. 367 days from now, the Eagles have cut down their roster. They've still got Isaiah Rodgers on there. He's got a spot. He's got a role on the team. And he says, damn, I never knew how good A.J. Uh, Brown was. I'm going to bet he gets over 1,400 yards this year because he's my teammate and I see him every day in practice and he's the only one who's beating me. So let me make some coin on the side. And then he does that and gets suspended again. Yeah, that's an issue. I know that's a taking it several steps down the road issue, but uh, if a guy is going to be foolish enough to bet on a teammate uh, in Indianapolis, he might do the same here in Philadelphia. Well, he might. I mean, but yeah, I mean, I look at the it, what what if if the Eagles go into next year and say I, Isaiah Rogers, and we're here at this time next year, he's going to be the starting slot corner. Um, and yeah, and he gets suspended. Obviously, that would become an issue. I don't think that's going to be. I think he's. They see, hey, it's pretty good depth. Let's go get this kid. He can return kicks as well, so you might have a little versatility. Uh, again, I don't, I don't think they're going into this saying, "Oh, if this is a foundational piece that we're counting on." Right. No, like, it, uh, I, so from that standpoint, I'm like, I think, I think other teams don't even think the way the Eagles do. Like, they're like, "Oh, he's suspended." Well, if he gets reinstated, we'll say, "Oh, we need a slot quarterback." That's the way other teams uh, uh, approach things. Um, the Eagles are like, hey, we could sign him now, toll his contract, and we already got him, and we don't have to deal with these teams. Because when he did get reinstated next year, a bunch of teams would have been snipping around him because they need everybody needs corners. Now you don't have to deal with it. So I yeah, I don't I don't see much downside at all. As you accurately accurately described it, John. Eagles winning in the margins. And Howie Roseman is very good at that. All right. He's McMullen on McDonald's. It's cut down day in the NFL. John and I will kick it around. And we've got two good guests to join us to help in the conversation. First up is longtime Eagles reporter, uh, the creator and lead writer for Eagles Blitz, I-G-G-L-E-S Blitz.com. Tommy Lawler is going to jump in with us here next on Birds 365. Go passionately, go fearlessly, 
Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. You got Mac and Mac here with you on Bird Street 65. John McMullen, Jody McDonald. We're lucky enough to have Tommy Lawler from EaglesBlitz.com jumping aboard with us. Tommy, before we talk about this year's team, you covered the year for a bun- the team for a bunch of years. You got a good cut down day story. Anybody who didn't know is coming, maybe lost their mind screaming and yelling or making a scene or anything like that, or a defeated guy walking out of the locker room after seeing the Turk. Remember when they used to call him the Turk? You had to go visit the Turk and the coach would tell you, bring your playbook with you. Bring your playbook. Bring your your tablet with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Things have changed over the years. I'm uh, sorry. I'm sorry. Microsoft Surface. I have to pay uh, (laughs) homage to the NFL. The the best story for me might be uh, wouldn't involve an Eagles cut in back in um, 1998. uh, Tampa Bay drafted, spent a six round pick on a cornerback named Al Harris, and they cut him the week, uh, the cut down day. He comes to Philadelphia a couple of days later and starts the season opener and became Ooh. a fixture corner for the Eagles for the next five years. But it was funny that this guy who literally Eagles picked up was off the street a couple of days later was a starter starting corner for that 1998 team. And uh, the season opener, they lost to Seattle 38 yeah. to nothing. So even though he played well, <laughs> didn't do much help. But uh, I, it's, it was funny to me, the thought of a guy, getting the ax in one place and saying, Hey, you're on the field five days later as a starter. Yeah. So. Uh, Tom, yeah. I mean, you know, it's interesting, Tommy, because you bring up Al Harris back in the day. Well, you know, the draft used to be 12 rounds. Then I think they cut it to eight and then finally seven, if I'm remembering correctly. But even when they made that ship early in the process, you used to see like seven round guys, six round guys get cut all the time. 
uh, all the time. And they still, you know, still certain guys. Cleveland cut a fourth-round kicker. So there are certain guys who perform so poorly they they do go. But, man, teams, teams hold on to their draft picks like they just – it's unbelievable now. They don't want to cut draft picks. Have you ever heard of Johnny Unitas? Does that name ring a bell? <laughs> yeah. He was a Pittsburgh Steeler, and they cut yeah. him. Yeah, they cut yeah. him. The Colts got this guy off the free, the street. Yeah, one of the yeah. great quarterbacks. In the well, I was I, I got to cover. Street. I always talk about John Randall because I I got to cover him early in my career. He's in the Hall of Fame. He wasn't drafted when it was twelve rounds. I I mean twelve rounds. People said not. Nah, no, no thanks, no thanks, no thanks again and again and again and again, and he's in the Hall of Fame. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys, and, you know, Chris Carter in the supplemental draft for the Eagles is another example, different because it's supplemental, but I do think, you know, sometimes people need a second chance because, you know, Chris was very honest later in his career. You know, Buddy Ryan was protecting him. Uh, right. Because he had a significant drug problem and he didn't want to say that publicly. And, you know, it was sort of a, an attempt to, you know, give him a second chance. And he and he had the wake up call and he took advantage and he's in the Hall of Fame. Um, so there's always interesting stories like that behind the scenes. But some guys need a change of scenery. That, that's just, it's just you, part you of see, it. Over the years, you see how important fit is. And oh yeah, oh yeah. A, a good example, um, Darwin Walker. I feel like he was a, maybe a third round pick by the Cardinals. Gets cut out before he before his first season, yeah. and the Eagles picked him up. He sat the entire sat out the entire. Uh, I guess that was two thousand one season, and then he's a starting defensive tackle in two thousand two, and had like seven and a half sacks. Yeah. So once Jim Johnson got him, put him in the right system, and he had the right people around him. He excelled was a starting defensive tackle for the next five, six years. Yeah, but I think fit good enough fit, to make the Cardinals team. You're a hundred percent fit is one of the most underrated things. And and they I, I think too many fans assume a vacuum in that if if so and so insert name is a good player, they would have been a good player here or they'd be good. And that's not always the case. Andy Reid and quarterbacks, man. <laughs> I always go back to ninety-nine and say what if Tim Couch came, was with Andy Reid and 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 Donovan McNabb had to go to Cleveland? How does if, if there's a parallel parallel universe somewhere where that happened, I'd be interested to see how things would work out. Fit matters a lot; it really does. All right, so let me ask uh, you, Tommy and John, jump in if you want uh, about a fit question. Where does Derek Barnett fit in the NFL this year? Is it going to be here in Philadelphia? He got permission to go out and seek a trade with another team. Is there a fit anywhere for Derek Barnett? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a he's a veteran pass rusher who's a great effort player. I mean, the coaches, every coach he has loves him because the dude plays hard. He practices hard. He gives you everything. And coaches are always going to respect that and like that. They get frustrated with the penalties, obviously. Nobody could help that. It's always him, Tommy. <laughs> exactly, him. right? Uh, but the guy, is, he's, he's somebody that you need in the NFL as a backup pass rusher. And I was looking around depth charts last night trying to find a good fit, and there was nobody that came to mind because I'm just not sure about some of these other teams and, and how some of these guys are performed in the summer and just how comfortable they are with their players. 
I know Jim Schwartz in theory would love to have him, but Cleveland looks to have a decent set of, of defensive ends. Yeah, these Cleveland's days. Cleveland's good. How about Chicago, Minnesota, NFC North? Yeah, they, they that, need pass those, those are possibilities. There's a few teams out there they could could look at him and um and and see if what you got to find is a team that feels like you're a contender and thinks that they need another pass rusher to help them win games. So obviously, because like you could say Jonathan Gannon could use them with the Cardinals because God knows that roster needs help, but obviously they're not trying to contend. They're trying to do the very opposite. So they're not going to take on a veteran. They're not going to have interest in a guy like him. So um, it'll be interesting to see if they can pull something off. I'd love to see it happen because that would allow, it would open up a roster spot for a younger player like Janarius Robinson or somebody that you could keep and try to develop for the future. Barnett is what he is, and he's a solid player, but the Eagles with, with Sweat and Reddick and then Nolan Smith and then a guy named Brandon Graham, those are your top four edge rushers. Barnett's not beating those guys out unless there's an injury. Yeah, I was I was always of the thought, guys, that uh, that was like off-season talk. Um, and I always talked about it with Jody. It's like a great insurance policy. But the guy's 27 years old. At the end of the day, he wants to earn another contract somewhere else, and you need playing time for that. He was never going to be happy being the fifth uh, edge rusher. So from the Eagles' perspective, they don't want to give him up. They don't want to cut him. They don't want to uh, get nothing for him. But you can't just sit a guy like that as your fifth edge rusher. Now, uh, the curveball, though, Nolan Smith – He's missed five straight practices now. And he kind of let out that out of nowhere, like, hey, this shoulder's been an issue for me, and it's going to be an issue for me. I mean, I don't know when he's coming back, um, uh, but I'm starting to get concerned about Nolan Smith's shoulder. So maybe the Eagles might want to pause and say, Hey, maybe he is going to be the fourth edge rusher, at least early in the season. Possibility. Absolutely. And, and that's why if you have a good player in your roster, you don't just give those guys away, you know, and, and Barnett, uh, we can debate, you know, just how good he is and isn't that. But again, he's a proven player who, you know, can, can be effective. I mean, he helped the Super Bowl team, a team win the Super Bowl as a backup right defensive end. So he has his place on, on the field, but he's just not a guy that you, you can plug in as a starter. He's not a difference maker, but he can be a good role player. All right. Uh, let, let, let's, let's narrow focus here and let's deal with some facts. The Super Bowl is now a long time ago. It's five years. You, you realize how long five years in the National Football League is. It's a lifetime. So it's a long time ago when he made a big play in a big game for the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. Brandon made the big play, but... He was he in the fell right on the spot. Football, yes, and he <laughs> made a big play the week before against Minnesota. That was 2017. It's now soon to be 2023, okay? So let, let's keep his actual big play production in the proper perspective. And for those who were reporting yesterday, Eagles could try and trade him. They could get a day three pick. Do you know how many picks are made in day three? 150. Uh, so there's a big difference in an early fourth round pick and yeah, a late seventh getting, they're round not, pick. They're not getting Have a fourth some round pick. and pick around. Don't tell them, oh, they can get a day three pick for Derek Barnett. Well, there's a, there's a wide berth of day three picks. What are you going to get? A fourth or a seventh? And between six, you and I, I don't I, even I would know say, if they get a seventh. I would say sixth. 
Um, maybe Good on you. At a... least you picked around, McMullen. Oh, oh, too many reporting says, oh, they can get a day three pick. Wow, going out on a limb with that reporting. Um, I, I, I would predict six. Maybe you can get a condition on it that if he plays a lot, it can kick up to a five. I, I would think that's the ceiling um, for a potential um, trade. Um, you try to take advantage. I mean, Mickey Loomis was out there saying, you know, check your pockets when Howie's around. So, um, and rightfully so, because he's policed him so many times. I always look, and that's why also I bring up some of those NFC North teams, young GMs who make mistakes, how he takes advantage of those guys. Um, that's that's what it, but that's what I would think the ceiling is, uh, conditional sixth. Um, and and you've seen it around the league already. The Patriots, um, the Dolphins traded an offensive lineman, all six round picks. I think that's sort of the wheelhouse that. Um, what happens at this time of the year? But yeah, you're not getting a fourth rounder. Yeah, forget about that. No, yeah. and I'll, if you I'll throw Jalen Hurts in on the trade. You might get a fourth. <laughs> no, well, if, if Jalen Hurts is going to be traded, it's going to be traded to the Cowboys because the Cowboys were actually going to draft them. I'm sure you heard that, Jerry Jones. <laughs> That's very Chip Kelly, very Chip Kelly-ish of uh, Jerry Jones. <laughs> Just uh, wait two years. Uh, look at who the best player it is. Say, I was going to take that. Yeah, guy, we were yeah. going to take him if he had fallen to us. Just another couple yeah. of picks. Yeah, right, Jerry. Um, all right, one other guy I want to get uh, an opinion on on a potential trade for the Philadelphia Eagles is Jonathan Taylor, who last week we had one reporter we poked a little fun at here on Birds Three Sixty Five, who said the Eagles were one of the most aggressive pursuers of Jonathan Taylor. Don't know how you would clarify that or define that. I find it very difficult to believe. Today is the supposed deadline date, Tommy. The Colts told them go out, shop yourself, see what's out there on the trade market, and bring it back to us. Jonathan Dale is not going to be traded today, is he? Uh, I just talked to him five minutes ago. The Eagles are trading five first-round picks for him. So, five, uh, five. Oh, they God, had to yeah. bargain. They very, break, I'm sure the Colts story. were asking for six first-round picks. That's very, that's very, uh, that's very Howie-ish to give <laughs> yeah. up uh, first-round picks for running backs. Yeah. yeah, it's you know, listen, Taylor's a terrific player. There's no question about it. But the Eagles are just not going to spend a, a valuable resource to acquire a player, and then they have to pay him a lot of money, and yeah. they don't pay yeah. running backs a lot of money. So. It doesn't make any sense aside from the fact the Eagles like talented players uh, and they're an aggressive trader. So people are trying to connect some dots, but I just don't think they're there. It'd be fun to watch him in this offense, but I just don't see the Eagles giving resources for Jonathan Taylor and having to pay him the money that he would want. Yeah. Well, you know, because I used to be an editor, so you'd have to do these stories. And I talked to Jeff Kerr, who does it, you know, they have to do it at CBS. They always tell him, Oh, do five exam, you know, five potential targets for insert big name player's name when they're available. And uh, basically what these guys do, they look for, well, they need a running back, but they don't look at the history of the organization or the philosophy of the organization. So it becomes, yeah, the Eagles don't have a, a great running back and Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor's a great running back. And they're a Super Bowl contender. So 
Why not the Eagles? They make a lot of trades. Well, because their whole organizational philosophy says, no, we're not doing that. That's why not the Eagles. But, hey, when you got to deal with 32 teams, you can't get in the weeds with each individual. But the Eagles, how he's been around for so long, people should know better. They should know better. By this they time. should. Yeah, it's not like this is some secret or it's a guess. Yeah, It's obvious that, that they don't spend big resources on running backs. Especially now, you know, this year they let Miles Sanders walk. They could have paid him not that much money and kept him around. Instead, they went with DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, and Kenny Gainwell. So the whole running back room is going to make what six and a half, seven million bucks yeah, for the year. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're going to pay Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey like money. I mean, come on, come on, people. Are they no, still going down that route, Jody? I've not seen anybody go so far as uh, the Macy guy did last week to call him the most aggressive pursuers, but uh, people are still uh, Taylor's going to be. He, he, you say this all the time on the show, John. Uh, who are interested in the player? Team A, Team B, Team C, Team D, yeah. and the and Eagles. The Eagles. Yeah. Dot dot dot, and the Eagles because that's Howie. Because Howie checks in on everybody, and that's why he's as good a general manager as he is. Do I think it's actually going to come to fruition? He's going to become an eagle? No chance. No shot. Not happening. But well, since they do make calls, that's why people report that, oh, and the eagles are in on it, too. No, and, and, and how he's making these calls to, to gather intelligence. Yeah. He's calling Chris Ballard, and he and Chris have, have known each other now for who knows how many years. You might call Chris, say, hey, what are you looking for? You know, uh, who's talking to you? And Chris may say, eh, might be a team from the NFC he's talking to us, or you know, they might, he might, he might flat out just tell him, oh, we're talking to. Um, yeah, it didn't even have to call him, Tommy. He was there. They were there having right. a joint practice. Meet Jonathan right. was there. And, and so you're going to, you're going to, you're going to have conversations. You're going to chat things up and, and how he might just say, Hey, what would it take? You know, cause listen, it doesn't hurt to ask. Yeah. You, and you said, and well, hey, and how he, like, like a better example I gave was I guarantee and when I get to talk to him, I, I'm going to ask him that. I guarantee he checked in on Trey Lance, not because he wanted him. He just wants to know what the market is. He likes to sure. be informed. Right. He likes to be informed. And obviously the Cowboys got him, so he would have been interested in that as well. But he likes to be informed. So he calls about everybody. And when the Colts are in, in town, uh, some goofball reporter from North Dakota or wherever could say, Hey, the Eagles talked to the cult. Yeah, he talked to Chris <laughs> Ballard about a bunch of crap. You're you're 100 percent right. They had extensive um, talks. Yeah, <laughs> so, sitting on the sideline talking to each other. They were exactly. chatting about the weather and the, I you mean, know, the World Series. Or so it's sort of an easy thing to to throw out there, and nobody can dispute it because it's true. But it's not real uh, by any stretch of the imagination. And that's I, not to say Jonathan. Jonathan Taylor's a great football player. Right. But he it's just not the way the Eagles believe in building a roster. Number it's one, not. it's not the way the NFL is looking at running backs right now. And even more importantly, uh, the Eagles Eagles were kind of ahead of the curve in the devaluing of the running backs in the NFL. So Jonathan Dell is not coming here. I, uh, uh, Tommy, I want to ask about a guy who's probably going out the door. Uh, at least my opinion. Um, John mentioned earlier how teams like to cling to those draft picks. If you make a commitment, call a guy's name out on draft. He gets a little bit longer leash. Has the leash run out on Kayvon Wallace? 
do you think he's an ex-Eagle and practice squad at best as per 4 o'clock this afternoon? Probably. I don't say that with a lot of confidence. I, I'm not in love with the – Justin Evans, I thought, played uh, solid in the, in the Colts game. And so he, that may have been enough and he's got more upside and more experience than cave So that may have been enough for him to win that final safety spot. The, the value with, with cave is that he's a core special teams player. He's homegrown. He's cheap. You know who he is. You know what he is. You know, his work ethic. So there's an argument of keeping him. Justin Evans, a little bit more of a wild card since he's only been here for how many of her months. You haven't really seen him on the field in a real game. You haven't seen him play special teams in a real game. Uh, but I, I, my guess is that Justin Evans wins that final spot. And then Kayvon goes on the practice squad because it's not that Kayvon's been bad. He just hasn't – you keep waiting for him to, to really show you something a little bit more. And he did have his best year last year, but it's it still wasn't anything compelling, right? You didn't look at him and say – like Reed Blankenship passed him in a matter of months. Like you're standing still. Years. What's that? Like he was standing still. Right, yeah. Reed Blankenship went by him. Listen, well, we uh, honestly, we we didn't even know that. That was like a Denard Wilson thing behind the scenes. So when Reed showed up and played when um, CJ got hurt, like we were all surprised. I mean, to see Reed Blankenship uh, uh, be in there. And then Jonathan Gannon kind of explained that, you know, behind the scenes, uh, Reed had passed him up. But I, I would argue with Kayvon, I think they're keeping all five. I mean, from this perspective, um, you lost Zach McPherson and Sean Bradley, arguably your two best special teams players on a team that was not good on special teams. And Kayvon might have been number three on their special teams coverage units. How much can you afford to lose and say, Hey, a lot of people criticize Michael Clay. I get why, but and say, hey, Michael Clay, go do something. Go do something with this unit. And oh, by the way, you don't have Zach McPherson and Sean Bradley. And um, uh, in this case, it would be Kayvon Wallace. And people want Eli Rakes over Makai Gardner. It's like, what What are you giving freaking Michael Clay? What, well, uh, what does he get? I can kind of use your own argument against you and say, well, if those are the best players on a mediocre unit, were they really that good? You know? Good. Yeah. And, that... and so the, the, listen, the best special teams player the Eagles had last year was probably Christian Ellis. Well, it was Christian. And, and that, was, mentioned that Christian. was down the stretch, yeah, right? That, that was, was for the whole yeah, season. Christian, six weeks or whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, I should have mentioned Christian. Yeah. And Christian and I will forgive you this one time, John, don't let it happen again. Though. <laughs> he uh, but, you know, he, he brought real life to the yeah, special teams, you know, when he got on the field. And he so did. they may say those other guys are, are a little bit more disposable for lack of a, a good word, because they, they weren't good enough that they made the team that much better. I mean, you and I go back to the days of, you know, Ike Reese being a core special teams player and, and being a great special teamer, um, you know, you go back Marigos. to yeah, they Marigos. Yeah, I talk I mean, about it all the time. They used to have, every year they would they identify one or two special teamers. And let's be honest, back you in don't the want those days, guys. You had, you had yeah. a wide receiver like Damian Douglas yeah. was, a, was a great special teams player for the Eagles. And, or or uh, Quentin Michael. Yeah. You know, so they, they've had these guys that were not just the best, but they were, they were good enough to, to make the whole unit. They could build around him, and and I agree. Yeah. Sean Bradley and 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 Zach McPherson 
they were they were good special teams players last year, but they obviously weren't impact players. And, no, uh, they're not but, Matthew Slater, but right, uh, right. So, the, so you you don't your your point is absolutely valid that you can't you've got to focus on special teams, but they there maybe feel like those guys are more replaceable than we realize um, because again they they had a, a limited impact. So uh, if as long as you have a guy like Ellis and you have some other guys that you believe in, Sidney Brown looks like he could be an impact special teams player. Um, Josh Job was a, a good special teams player last year. So there's still some pieces there to work with, but you, but you're right. They, they could go. It, it would be tough to go light at linebacker at, if they do just keep three of oh, those. They're, guys. they're, they're going to go light at linebacker. If they go light there and then just keep the four safeties, then they are going to need a running back or a wide receiver tight end. Somebody's going to have to step up on a special teams unit. That, that's another spot where Nolan Smith could help out a lot. But as your, as your point is, John, can we count on him? Is he healthy? Not with a bad shoulder. Then uh, if, if Nolan Smith's going to hurt that shoulder further, he's going to hurt it from the line of scrimmage, not on special teams. So specials week one is a legit question. Uh, John and I have gone back and forth on this a couple of times, Tommy. Eli Ricks played very well in the preseason games. Maybe not as well as some of the other guys competing for the cornerback position in practices, be they either joint or just regular practices, but he did flash for me in the preseason games. Uh, the Eagles picked him up as an undrafted free agent. He was highly thought of going back to his high school days, but didn't have as booming a career at Alabama. I think he's a guy, if the Eagles don't protect him, he's the kind of guy who will get claimed. And I think all teams try and avoid that as best they can. They, they take it as a badge of honor that uh, they got the guy and someone else came in and scooped him up. But Scooping him up is not good for your organization when he lands with someone else. You think Eli Ricks going to make this uh, 53-man roster? My guess is that he does because corner is such a critical position. And we know Bradbury and Slay are not getting any younger. So you'd like to keep those guys uh, as many young, talented corners as you can. But he's one of those guys who's right on the fringe because you do, as we're talking about now, you have to say, you know, we got to have a certain amount of players on game day for special teams and once we fill out all those spots, then we can bring in guys like Ricks, who, um, you know, he's a guy that's a little bit of a project in the sense he's not going to play this year, probably. He would just be a stash for the future kind of guy to develop. Um, so he's a luxury more than a necessity. But because he's a playmaking corner, those are really valuable guys. So that's a guy you'd really like to take a chance on if at all possible. Yeah, in a lot of ways, I think Ricks is a litmus test for the Eagles in, in their true, we know what they say, their true value of the preseason games. Because if it's if it's practice, if, if it's what they say, I mean, he didn't even get reps in joint practices. So I, I don't know how he can make the team in, in the joint practices that they supposedly value, but he made plays in the preseason game, which is – you know, we were talking about Kayvon Wallace. I've heard a lot of people say, Tommy, well, the fact that he played so much in the last two preseason games is not a good sign for Kayvon Wallace. I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. I don't think it is a good sign. I think it was a clear indication that Justin Evans had passed him, um, as you mentioned. Um, but with Ricks, it's like, well, he played a lot for obvious reasons in the preseason game and showed up a little bit, it's like, you know, where does that, it's just young player versus veteran. Where does that kind of shake out for you? 
Well, you also have the fact that there was a bunch of corners on the scene. There weren't a bunch of safeties. So Kayvon Wallace kind of, you know, had a different situation where he had to play a bunch just because yeah, there weren't, there weren't numbers too. there. With Ricks, they had a bunch of corners. They obviously wanted to see him in game action. You know, they wanted to get a real feel for him, see what he could do, and uh, had to be encouraged by, again, playmaking ability. Um, he was literally the polar opposite of Keely Ringo. Oh. Who Keely could By the way, they the all Rangers. played better than Ringo. Every you single know, one of them. Ringo Rick, got it. Garner, Goodrich, every single one of them. He, he got better. in the guy's hip pocket and stayed there, but no clue where the ball was and didn't just didn't show good awareness. And Ricks was a guy that would sit there and execute his assignment, but always had a feel for where the ball was and had the one pick six and, and broke up some other passes and just looked instinctive. You know, when you look at Ringo, it's like size, speed, all the, the, the things you can measure with Ricks. It's about the stuff you can't measure. You know, it's intangibles and instincts and feel and that knowing when to break and having good ball skills. And uh, those guys are really viable. So, uh, I, I think he's the guy, like I say, the Eagles are going to want to try to keep him. It's just a question of you've got to have a certain amount of offensive linemen, a certain amount of defensive linemen, and, you know, on down the line. And if they can fill all those holes and they feel comfortable well, me, going, uh, going heavy real corner. Real quick, I just, I just thought of this because, as you mentioned, it's a stash, uh, which you'd be right long term. Like, they don't want them to play this year. You don't want anybody to play. It's a six corner but because you're in trouble. <laughs> um, but does Isaiah Rogers change the thinking because he's a stash for down the road. And now you have an extra proven young corner that you're not a hundred percent as Jody you could always pick up the app and gamble again. It's right. not a hundred percent, but pretty good indication. He's going to be here. Does that change the philosophy, not only of Bricks, but also Garner and Goodrich in these sort of bubble corners that maybe aren't ready to play right now, but you'd like to keep around? And if you get them through waivers, you can keep them all around anyway. And, you know, Ricks is probably the most likely to be picked up on waivers, but I would still bet against it. You know, that kid, he got... Tommy, he got 10 grand to sign. Like everybody had a chance at him back in April and they're like, I'm not going to 15 grand. So I'm not, I'm not sure he's getting, uh, he's getting claimed on waivers. It's always a gamble, but does Rogers being here impact the thought process down the road? It, it absolutely could. You know, Rogers is, you know, you guys were talking about before I came on, the, the Eagles love to take flyers. And, and if you can add a guy who's got talent and potential and there's, there's no, you know, you're not paying him a lot of money, you're not spending a draft pick, why not bring that guy in and see what happens? And so Rodgers is a guy, he's just a lottery ticket. If he pans out for him next year, that's great. If something happens, he gets suspended, doesn't play well. You know, like this year they brought in Greedy Williams, the former second-round pick, and they thought, let's see what he does. Let's put him here. He's got some good tape. He's got potential. Didn't play well, he's gone. So that's kind of their version of Greedy Williams for next year. You know, you got a guy who's got some experience, he's got some tape, he's got some potential. We'll see what he does, but you don't count on him. And uh, Ricks is a guy that they've seen up close and personal. They, they've had their eyes on. And to me, that's the kind of guy that they're going to feel a little differently about than somebody who's kind of an outsider. Uh, but, yeah, 
if the 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 the, uh, the presence of Rogers could affect guys like Goodrich and Garner, who are a little bit more, they're not as likely to make the roster. And so you may think you may say we'd like to get one or one or two of them both on the practice squad. But if they get claimed, well, that's not a huge deal because we do have Rogers in our back pocket. So that that very well could be the thinking there. All right, Tommy, I'm going to ask you go a little crystal ball on me and give me some uh, projected opinion for the usage of some players this year. We're all kind of waiting to see if all five safeties are going to make the team. I think John is leaning toward yes. I'm leaning toward no. I think Kayvon Wallace is in trouble, and we'll see how it shakes out this afternoon. And then we get to New England, and Sean Desai has to decide how he's going to use them. We don't even know who the other starter is going to be, of course, from Reed Blankenship. Last year, the Eagles defense, different with Jonathan Gannon and the different positional coaches, specifically at linebacker, still I'm ticked off that N'Kobe Dean only got 32 snaps all last year. Uh, Will we actually see a rotation at the safety position? Because it's as undecided as it seems to be, does that mean they will try and use guys in different roles and different calls and down and distance and everything else? Or do you think they want to decide who their other safety is and then play it like they did last year with Epps and uh, CJGJ? If they were healthy, they were on the field for every single snap. Is that the way safety is going to go this year? Or do you think it's going to change what you want to decide? I think it'll be more situational, you know, uh, Terrell Evans is a guy they like in that big nickel role, play him like kind of a pseudo linebacker. And obviously uh, Evans and Blankenship are more of your traditional safety players. Sidney Brown is a guy that can, can do a variety of things. So they'll try to figure out the way to get – Reed Blankenship's the guy they're going to build the unit around because they really like him. The other guys are going to figure out how can we get snaps out of this guy? How can he help us? What can he do well? And they'll give those guys a chance to show what they can do and try to get some out of them. Now, if somebody flat out starts playing really well, then they'll shelve this stuff and they'll settle on the two guys. But for now, I think you're going to see them try to be creative and get everybody involved and see if they can get the most out of the group. Um, uh, I'll, I'll end it with you here, Tommy. At uh, Lawler NFL, make sure you follow Tommy on X. Eagles Blitz, Eagles Blitz, I G G L E S Blitz.com. Yeah, I'm with you with the X. But um, last year, the Eagles claimed two players on waivers. Uh, it was Trey Sermon, Ian Book. Uh, Ian's already been waived. That will be announced today. Trey likely to be waived, so I wouldn't get too excited. But nonetheless, I'm not going to ask you players, but positions. If the Eagles are going to claim two players this year, give me the two positions. Um, I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with linebacker, I guess, and then wide receiver. Yeah, uh, wide ooh, receivers understand. Like receiver. Yeah, I like it. They, yeah. the, is, they just really wanted somebody to emerge to give them another outside threat. Devin Allen was hurt. Uh, the other guys, Deion Kane, just you know, up and down. Uh, Tyree Cleveland did some good things and got hurt and nobody just emerged. They could say, all right, because they know the top, the, the, the big dogs. And then they've got uh, Zacchaeus and they've got obviously Quez Watkins. Covey, we still don't know if he's actually going to be much a wide receiver. You know, he's turned into a solid punt returner. But if somebody gets hurt, you're really, you just don't have much there. And as God bless Greg Ward, 
he's been a, a great part of the organization for a long time, but you just, he's not a guy you want on the field for a Super Bowl contender, right? And uh, so if they see somebody who gets cut that has some potential on the outside, that would be a, a player. And then linebacker, obviously they, they, they could use somebody there for depth. And so that would be the two spots that, that jump out. Yeah, Potentially think- also – you know, if they if they're still looking for a nose tackle, a backup nose tackle, yeah, Noah they Ellis, did. They or, are, yeah. You know that won. could be. And then center, if there is no real backup center for this team right now, I mean it's Cam Jurgens, but the guys that you know, Sean Andrews, or excuse me, not Sean Andrews, Josh, uh, Josh, Andrews. Josh Andrews is just not a good player. He's a reliable practice player, and that's he can probably snap the ball. Exactly, yeah, snapper. Yeah. That's why they brought him in. He snapped great for two weeks, and, you, and that makes the difference. So yeah. he could make the practice squad just on his ability to snap. Julian Good Jones, you know, some good things, but he's just not good enough to make the roster. Uh, and and so they could, at the very least, they'll bring a. I would think bring a backup center into the practice squad if somebody's cut that they have interest in because they they need practice reps and. Josh Andrews can help you get the job done, but um, he's just a limited player. Good guy, but a limited player. Marcus Mariota is going to be here, right? No, out of the blue, some quarterback gets dropped. Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy's out there. If Colt was healthy, don't laugh, McMullen. They might actually think about it, but because he's not healthy, they're not doing that. Mario is going to be here. All right, Tommy, great stuff. We always love it when you do join us. Thank you much for doing so. We're going to tap into your play during the season. Thanks for helping us before it gets underway. All right, guys. It's been fun talking to you this summer. Let's uh, look forward to a good year. Thanks, Tommy. That's I-G-G-L-E-S blitz.com. I check it every other day because Tommy posts good stuff. You should check it out. Uh, It does a good job. It's been covering Eagles for a long time. All right, McMullen and uh, McDonald coming back. Um, We'll get to the 53, and then comes the practice squad. And they've got, uh, don't kid yourselves, they're negotiating with guys about the practice squad before they actually cut them today. They've already informed them that, yeah, you know, when we get to the deadline, you're not going to be on the 53. But we still love you, and we want you, and we want you to be on the practice squad. you got to be able to sell that if you're Howie Roseman, because there's not a whole hell of a lot of wiggle room as far as money goes. I want to ask Johnny Mack about what he thinks the Eagles practice squad is going to look like. We'll do that next here on Birds 365. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. 
because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. You got Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. We're going to punch up our pal Davidson Garrow from NBC Sports Philadelphia coming up in a little under 20 minutes from now. Um, but before I ask John about the practice squad, I, I need to inform my partner here of some breaking news. And this will interest him and a portion of our audience. And some will not only not care, but some will probably be uh, perturbed that I even mention this. Um, (laughs) Tyrus has retired Johnny Mac oh that's 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 a tough blow for the pro wrestling industry Um, we'll 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 never be the same Uh, many of you may recognize the name but not because he was a pro wrestler other than every time he's on the the studio with he's on Fox he's on Fox every day yeah well that's probably why he retired he's got a good gig I guess um uh he was in the i forget his name in uh wwe um it was some goofy name how long was he in the wwe because he's quite a lengthy period of time actually really Um, you think so he hung around for quite a bit um uh it's it's bothering me so i have to look it up uh because he's been wrestling about 20 years he's been around for a long time but I didn't think he had that wrong. Uh, and and all the indie shows that you do, you could still call yourself a professional wrestler. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Clay. Brodus Clay was Brodus the stupid Clay. name. They give everybody stupid names. That's one of my pet peeves with Vince McMahon. Stupid names he gives people. Because he wants to own the intellectual property so right. he can make money you off the name. You want to slap a name on a guy and yeah. then you own that name. But, but, you know, it's they do a terrible job coming up with these names. Uh, Brodus Clay. So he started in 2006, ended in 2014. So quite a Quite a lengthy period. Oh, a, t- 2006 to 2014, he was on the WWE yep, roster for yep, eight years. Yep. Some of it was developmental to 2006 to 2008, but then, um, then the big roster. Yeah, see, I would have, I would have said a year or two. Not no, six. he was around for quite a bit, quite a bit. Wow, yeah. that surprises me. Uh, but he was never a headliner. No, I mean, no, he was just. No. A, part of the roster kind of guy but he officially retired my wife's watching fox news upstairs i went to get another cup of coffee and she's oh tyrant i thought it was going to be the cm punk uh no no no, no, no. that 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 hasn't hit the you know what yet but uh tyrus has retired what was his wwe name again brodus clay brodus clay Clay. will not be going back i i don't think we have to worry about him getting inducted into the wwe no i don't think you got to worry about that one yeah he he did put years in but maybe the greg gutfeld hall of fame that's exactly where he's gonna uh, if he's gonna be enshrined anywhere that will be it in the fox news late night hall of fame all right johnny mac practice squad uh cut downs today four o'clock they, I think it's one o'clock tomorrow. Every team will be informed what players, if you put a claim in, you need to put a claim in by one o'clock tomorrow. If there's a player you like, you're going to get the, the cut downs from every team by uh, an hour or so after they have to have them filed with the league hospital. By five o'clock, every team's going to have a list of every player that's cut, and you're going to get into meetings and say, well, who do we have interest in? Who we got tape on? Who do we like? What's our roster look like? And you must inform the league that you're going to make a claim by one o'clock tomorrow afternoon. And oh, by the way, the chance of the Eagles claiming somebody, you mentioned the fact that they claimed two guys last year. Um, Less of a chance they're going to claim anyone this year, twofold reasons why. Number one, they got a better roster at the end of training camp. They had a Super Bowl roster last year, but yeah, uh, we didn't know it. We didn't know it at the time. Exactly. They were coming off a one and out playoff roster, not a Super Bowl ride. This year is an actual Super Bowl roster. I look at the roster as what you did the previous year, not what you uh, will do going forward. And number two, they're number t- they're team 31. The uh, claiming order is done by last year's standings. Yeah. The only team that is behind That's a them bigger is the Kansas City yeah. Chiefs. Yeah. So they, they, if they even put in some claims for some players, there's a good chance somebody else could put a claim in ahead yeah. of them. And guess Sometimes what? You don't good. get the player. You know who the Eagles put in a claim for last year? Then didn't get? Who's that? Kellen Mund. Really? Yeah. So, I didn't know yeah. that. Sometimes it works out um, when you don't get players. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, 
reach an ad. It works, Mr. Procedural Information. Um, they did claim Ian Book. Yeah. You're telling me they also claimed Kellen Mund. If they had gotten both players, they would have had to turn around and cut one. Can you, you can, you can just you claimed. Yeah. Can you, you just can, say, yeah, never mind. We'll yeah, just, you, you, you have you, to have a, a, a connected move because everybody's on a 50 can you, you can say never mind. I do know that. Okay. Um, um, but you know, if you get if you're awarded one, you can yeah, you can say never mind. But um when it comes to yeah, you're right about pointing out 31st. I mean, that's the bigger deal. Um, you're 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 unlikely to get guys um when you're that low on the list, at least guys who are in demand. Um, so that impacts it as well. Plus last year there was some obvious um, you know, I think they went with Sermon just because he was they liked him. I, I think people when 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 teams claim players on waivers at this point, I think it's more with younger players, it's more about and remember it's everybody up to four years, but with really young players, it's about did they like him in the draft and they weren't able to get him in the draft. Mm-hmm. It's not about other stuff or because they don't get to see him. It's about they were they were doing their homework in the draft. They didn't get the player. They liked the player. And I think that's what happened with Trey Sermon. Um, they liked the player uh, from the draft process um, back when he was drafted. And then with Ian Book, I mean, you remember how bad Reed Sinat was in the preseason last year as that uh, developmental quarterback. Uh, I think that opened the door. And he was a fourth-round pick, I believe. Um, and they liked him in the draft and, um, uh, Nick Sirianni is very close to Tommy Reese, who was his, uh, offensive coordinator at Notre Dame. So Tommy gave him the thumbs up. Um, and obviously that didn't work out either, but, uh, anyway, I think it has more to do with players they liked in the, in the draft, but yeah, that 31 number is going to really impact the ability to get anybody. Yeah, I would I would be surprised if the Eagles ended up claiming and getting. Now, there's a difference between just claiming and claiming and getting. I'd be surprised if they uh, claimed and got anyone. Uh, I don't think that's going to be uh, a factor this year, whereas last year it was. As John correctly points out, they did get two guys who were on the roster all year. <clears throat> there's a good chance. Well, one's already an ex-Eagle. That would be Ian Book. But he could be back as a practice squatter, and we'll find out about Trey Sermon. You don't think there's any chance they're keeping all five running backs, do you, Johnny Mack? No, I, I don't think Trey's going to make the team. Unfortunately, um, it's always a difficult day. You never see, you never like to see anybody get cut. But I mean, you can only keep fifty-three. I, I yeah, and um, I think his path was beating out either Boston Scott or Rashad Penny, and um, to be that fourth back, and just didn't happen didn't happen and again we talk about that final preseason game and i do think it varies it's not a good sign that he got 18 carries whatever i think it was 16 that's not a good sign um and especially especially when the other three backs aren't playing at all exactly they're all just standing on the sidelines you're the only one with kennedy brooks who's even dressed for the game not a good sign 
not a hard and fast rule, but usually when you play a lot in the final preseason game, not a good sign. Not a good sign. All right. So they they're going to get down to 53. Have you officially made your prediction on the oh, 53? Yeah, that's been a, we had to do that uh, Friday after the preseason game. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's been out there for a while. Um, who said who set that date? How long has that been in place? It's always been that. It's uh, you know because you want to look. Stuff's going to happen. We know it, it, it could be. And again, this is just the initial fifty-three. It doesn't matter after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, waiver wire pickup, things like that. So, um, you know, the goal is to to get it done after the final preseason game. It's always been that way. Um, and it continues to be that way. It's just the length of the time between the final preseason game and um, the the first regular season game has expanded. So, mm-hmm. but it, it still doesn't change the 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 initial fifty three. So that's all we're trying to predict. Gotcha. Um, so the 53 will come down and then every team in the league will try and fill out its practice squad. And uh, most of your practice squad players are guys who are in your camp all year. They've got a familiarity. Maybe they've already got an apartment. Uh, there are a lot of things that can play into it. Money is not one of them. If you're a player who's been in the league for less than three years, it's the same salary for everybody. It's a standard per week salary and there is no well he's better than that guy and he plays this possession no it's standard salary across the board if you're a veteran and you're on the practice squad there's some wiggle room in there i think about five thousand dollars a week uh four or five thousand dollars where you can pay a guy more or less if you really like a guy you're gonna pay the the maximum right it's like 19 uh hundred yeah i mean sometimes you yeah um but you know that, that I think it's more important. The more important change was allowing veterans on the practice squad uh, because that created a, a lot more ability to do things uh, strategically for GMs around the league, um, and so did the injured reserve rules. You know, lightening them up um, that. Uh, gave people a lot more wiggle room. So now it's more difficult to predict the 53 than it used to be because there's a lot more moving parts. Like you can uh, you can play the game with bested veterans and say, we're going to bring you back, and you don't have to worry about putting them through waivers. The Eagles already did it um, with with Fred Johnson. Um, they could do that and say, hey, Fred, we, we want to give you a two-year deal. Uh, and by the way, I finally found out it was because he had a futures deal. So you can't just extend it. That's why I had to cut him. That was the procedural move. Um, and well, do do me a favor, because I don't understand it. And our viewers, if I explain a futures deal. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Futures deal is an offseason deal that. Remember, in the offseason, when you have the 90 man roster. Um, the top 51 is is the rule for the salary cap. You always have to be under the salary cap, but um, it's only the top 51. And futures deal don't count. They could be top 51, but they don't count. So it's just really a, 
a designation of the contract. Um, but evidently you can't just extend those. You have to rip it up um, and, and, and sign to a new contract. So basically they went to Fred Johnson and obviously, you know, he's thrilled to be getting the two year deal sure. with some bonus money and attached to it. So he's like, yeah, I'm fine with it. And you just sit home, he's released and he's back. And so you can do that with every vested veteran. That's why, you know, and the Eagles have done this in the past with Rick Lovato and long snappers. You'll see long snappers across the league. Teams will do that all the time. If they have a veteran long snapper, and most of those guys are veterans, they just cut them um, and say, hey, we need the spot. You'll be back tomorrow. Um, you'll see that at least a couple times today, uh, I would imagine. And by the way, everyone – Oh, so-and-so doesn't have a long snapper. They all lose their mind. How can they not have a long snapper? Um, because they're just saving the spot, manipulating. Right. So, so here's where I'm going to go down a, a road that you probably didn't think I was going to ask on today. Let's say they do that with Rick Lovato. And let's say the, oh, I don't know, Houston Texans do the same thing with their long snapper that they're looking to save a roster spot and protect the guy in the 53, but they uh, come to a <clears> wink <throat> and a nod. Yeah. You know, we're bringing him back and we'll make a move thereafter. And the Eagles really like that long snapper and they can't believe the Texans have released that long snapper. Do they jump in and make a play for that long sa- snapper going, Hey, you know where you can make extra money? Playoff money. You're not getting any playoff money with the Texans this year. No, you got a relationship with the coaching staff and you're back there and every day. But you come to the Philadelphia Eagles, we're going to make you our long snapper. We're going to be going back to the Super Bowl again. And then that's extra coin in your pocket with that extra bonus money. Any chance they go there if uh, there's someone else tries to get cute and do the same thing the Eagles try and do? Um, no. Um you know, A, Rick's one of the best long snappers in the league. You know, I, I, former I, I, Pro that Bowl. kind of rains on my parade yeah. as an idea. He's good. They're not looking to replace I mean, him, but... yeah, if, if, if somebody isn't good, it's always a possibility. But, you, you know, when you have a really good one, and Rick's been to the Pro Bowl, um, probably still top five, I would say. Um, yeah, you're not going to mess it, with Does that. PFF rank their long snappers? You know, I don't think they do. Um, I don't know how you would do it, but uh, come on, BFF ranks everything else. Why the hell can't they? I'll look, I'll look in the break. I don't do that. I I would love to know. I actually asked Rick who, uh, who the best long snappers are, and he always says Morgan Cox, he's been around forever. He was in Baltimore forever. I forget where he is now, maybe Tennessee. Um, Andrew, he mentioned Andrew. To Paolo, who was who made the Pro Bowl last year, is really good. Um, so they know. I don't think anybody else knows. Like the group, and they're all friends. Sure. It's hilarious. They, uh, you know, do they have long snapper nation get together like tight end? I don't get think together. they do, but they're all friends. Um, it, it's you know, it's an interesting uh, job that nobody talks about until they make a mistake. You know, and the vast majority of them never make a mistake. Right. Um, And that's the only time they're talked about. 
It's a fraternity of long snappers across the NFL. Johnny Mac's going to see if we can find PFF rankings. Where does Rick Lovato rank in the uh, pantheon of NFL snappers? All right, uh, quickie timeout, come back. Open up Dave Zingaro, NBC Sports Philadelphia, does a good job. Uh, Eagle reporting day in and day out, except when he's got to do a studio spot with Barrett Brook. That just looks bad. They, they, <laughs> they, even though Barrett is down, Barrett's lost what? Uh, 60 when I saw him, he told me 60. 60s down. Say, oh my god, he's probably down more because that was that was like two, three weeks ago. So he looks good, but it looked even worse when Barrett was heavy and they'd have him and Dave standing there together on a uh, Barrett's a big dude, man. He's a big dude, and Dave is not, but that's okay. We love Dave, he'll be sitting down to give us his Eagles report. Doesn't matter about height here on Birds 365, just does in the studio when you're standing next to Barrett Brooks. We always like talking football with Dave Zingar. We're going to do that next here on Birds 365. Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go first. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles.
Yeah, Mac and Mac here with you on Birds 365. We're lucky enough to have Dave Zungaro jump in and give us some eagle insight for the next 20, 25 minutes. Uh, DG, cut down day. I asked this to Tommy Lawler. We had him in the first hour. You've been doing this for a while yourself. What's your most memorable cut down day moment? Either a surprise, either a jubilation. Guy didn't believe he made the team. He went nuts. What a... Or a guy threatened someone's life or wife because they were told their services were no longer needed. You got a good cut down day story that pops to mind? I'm trying to think. Um, you put me on the spot here a little bit. Yeah, I did. That's um, my job. That's what I do all the time. I, I'm always looking to screw you guys. Yeah, I don't know if anything really comes to mind. So I do my like I do a series each year where I kind of follow the progress of players. Uh, so I've had some cool moments there, like um, uh, Jordan Mailata when he made the team, even though it was pretty clear they were going to keep him. Uh, TJ Edwards as an undrafted guy when he made the team was kind of a cool moment after tracking his progress, but nothing else like crazy comes to mind. It's just, it's honestly the worst part about cut day is the next day, you know, like, cause you have guys who think they made the yeah. team and they don't yeah. like yeah. everyone feels bad for the guys who get cut on cut day. I feel bad for the guys who get cut the following day. Yeah, like they, last yeah, year, yeah. the yep. Eagles had guys who made the team and then they claimed three players and then they had to create roster spots. So. Who was the third? I remember sermon and book. Who was the third? Uh, Janarius Robinson. Ah, that's right. I, I thought he was later. That's why. Um, oh, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, um, they brought in three claims. Yeah um yeah but you're right i mean that's a blow man when you think you're on the 53 you're probably celebrating telling your family and then bang uh they claim somebody on waivers uh, let's start with waivers dave uh, if they claim say two we'll say two um i don't want players but positions what do you what do you think most likely they would be looking to fortify a well, linebacker um you know, I think they only have it, three that I would keep. Um, Nicholas Morrow, to me, didn't do enough to make the team, but we'll see if they keep him. Um, but that's a position where, you know, even if they keep those four, I, I don't particularly like that group. Uh, it's why, you know, I, I think some people said they had decided to keep Ben Van Sumeren on their 53-man roster, which sounds crazy, but... Like they're missing that Sean Bradley special teamer yeah. at that position. Yeah. Well, I guess you could also get that if you kept a guy like Kyron Johnson as who's like more of an edge player. But I think they're missing that type of player at linebacker. Uh, and then obviously punter is something we'll be kind of scanning a little bit here to see if there's a possible upgrade out there. Um. Yeah. The whole punting competition never materialized. This offseason, although I did see Tyson, I technically yeah, got him back. I didn't all. even, I didn't even realize he got picked up by another team. And then I heard his name. I had the NFL Network. I'm, I'm doing a show on CBS, and he's punting on Saturday. And I'm going, oh shoot, I didn't even know he got a job. Well, the yeah. crazy thing is, he got a job because Cameron Johnson, Cam, yeah, Cam, the former hurt. Eagles punter, got hurt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Cam will so be back. That, uh, Ty what, won't be for the, there for long. That, Don't worry. That's about what John it. said to me. So he's a placeholder till Cam Johnson <laughs> yeah. comes back. He 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 informed me. I was just shocked. I didn't see him on the wave wire that he got picked up. Uh, how how what kind of percent chance would you put out there that a punter is going to shake loose? The Eagles are going to go. 
yeah, well, he's better than Aaron Sipos. We got to make this move here. We got to put a claim in. Uh, give me, give me a percentage chance of something like that could happen. Yeah, I think it's it's more likely that Sipos is going to be the guy. Um, and whether that's right or wrong, you know, uh, I think Sipos has been okay in moments, and then we've seen some really some bad moments from him. But I think they trust him a little bit. I think they like him in the field goal operation, which. Yeah, holder, big thing, man. It is. Look, I mean, like Jake Elliott is one of the best kickers in the league. And if not that he couldn't feel comfortable with another holder, but that was a part of this. Like when we did think we're going to have a punter competition, that's something I tried to watch really closely was to see Sipos versus Zetner as the holder. And even though I didn't think Zetner did anything wrong, the, the one miss from Elliott we saw. Yeah, was I hold. It, it was a good hole, too. And it I was, it, but it's often a mental thing with the kickers. Like, yeah, it, cross, like yeah. kickers have that element yeah. to them. So, uh, if it, I think the Eagles will be cognizant of that, I don't think that's like the a reason, like the only reason, you, like, oh, he's a good holder. You got to keep him around. But no, I think that yeah. factors into it. Uh, I'd go like 23%. I like it. I, I'd say 70-30. So you're a little bit uh, uh, lower than me. But I do think the whole thing, thing and, and for the second reason, Dave, you're banging through 59-yarders with ease. I don't know if you want to mess with that, considering the fact that uh, the Eagles are going to be the team that probably punts the least because their offense is really good. And every time they're plus 50 and it's – fourth and manageable they're going to go for it for the vast majority of the time so i don't know how much punter means to this team versus some other teams um and they trust aaron Sipas. i I would add that and the last thing because i want your thought on this i think they did a disservice they made a mistake letting them punt in the super bowl i think it should have been brett kern he hadn't punted in seven, eight weeks, whatever it was. I think it was rusty. I don't think he's that bad as that punt in that Super Bowl. I kind of agree, but Brett Kern kind of forced their hand, too. I was gonna say, well, it wasn't good, but... We, we've all forgotten how bad Brett no, Kern was. I have, not, I have not forgotten he was terrible, but he's been punting since the beginning of time. He's Methuselah. He's not going to punt it the wrong direction. It might be... 38 yards because he's got nothing left, but he's going to punt it where he's supposed to punt it. That's what I think of Brett Kern. Yeah, in like in hindsight, maybe at the time I was like, get anyone other than Brett Kern to punt this football. <laughs> That's the way I looked at it too. Yeah. All right, Dave, I was watching this morning you and uh, Rube chopping it up on NBC Sports Philly, and uh, you certainly talked about the safety position where we still don't know who the other safety is going to be, of course, from Reed Blankenship. We don't know if the Eagles are going to keep five safeties as compared to four. Is Kayvon Wallace's uh, tenure as an Eagle sitting in abeyance? Here's the one that – that'll shake out. Well, first of all, we'll find out who's here, who's not. Then we'll find out who's starting and who's not. And then we'll find out who's going to play, when, where, how, and why. Because last year, Jonathan Gannon trotted out two safeties. That was it. Except for when CJGJ was hurt and Blankenship got a chance, there, there was no situational substitutions at the safety position. 
do you think the new defense coordinator does it differently if these guys are all that close that we don't know who's A, making the team, or B, starting two weeks away from game number one? Does that signify to you that there will be more than just two safeties who play this year if they both stay healthy? Well, I, th- I think there will be more than two safeties who play, but I, I don't think that'll come in some sort of like rotation at the position across from Reed. I, I think they're going to run some three safety looks, um, some big nickel where you have like if if Edmonds is on the team, we saw him play a lot of linebacker in uh, in training camp. And I, I look at that linebacker situation and Zach Cunningham has settled it a little bit in my mind, but um, yeah, I think there are going to be some moments where that might be the best option they have is to kind of put one of those safeties in the box and, and let them play that way. Uh, but look, I think eventually Sidney Brown is going to be a starter. Uh, it's just yeah. a matter of when to me and wh- when they're going to do it. Uh, in a way, it's like I'd be tempted to just pull the bandaid off now and and kind of live with the ups and downs. And, and I understand why they might not do that because there are going to be ups and downs with his play style. But uh, if he's the guy, eventually I, I feel like, you know, w- what are we doing wasting our time with Justin Evans? Like I, to me, I, I would rip the bandaid off. I get him those reps now because I think long-term he's still their best option. Uh, but I got to tell you watching Justin Evans get all these first team reps down the stretch. It's weird. Um, weird, Dave. It was something I didn't really see coming. And it's not a good sign. Like, no, it, you know, I know they, they said sign. that it's like yeah. it was part of the plan. Uh, I'm calling baloney on that. You didn't oh. think we we're going to get three, four weeks in the training camp. And then, oh, let's try this former second yeah. round pick who's, who's been a special teamer in his career. Like, he, they didn't think that was going to happen. So um, that gives me pause a little bit. I, I think they probably are leaning toward Justin Evans. At this point, but I, I would rip the bandaid off and play Sidney Brown. Yeah, I was the one who asked that question, Dave, and I wanted to raise my hand and say shenanigans. I mean, thirteen days in, this is the plan. Oh, oh, we're on day thirteen. We're going to take a look at Justin Evans with the first team. It was an absurd uh, sort of spin on things, and uncertainty's never good. I'm with you with that particular position. I would add to the Sidney Brown, your Sidney Brown point. On paper, the easiest part of the schedule is early. Why not get the hiccups out of the way early? You can probably afford a mistake or two and beat some of those teams early on the schedule. And I think it starts week six. It's uh, Aaron Rodgers. Imagine if you start Justin Evans and you say, all right, it's not working out. And then you're throwing Sidney Brown in week six against Aaron Hey, like well, I mean, they threw in Reed Blankenship against Aaron Rodgers. That's last true. Year. That's true. But Aaron's uh, motivated to prove the uh, Packers wrong. I I wouldn't like that plan. I wouldn't like that plan. Get- yeah, but it, it seems like that could be what happens here. Yeah, yeah. All right, Dave, I'm going to ask you this question as if you're on the witness stand. I already pimped you once. I might as well do it again. (laughs) And uh, if I thought you had notes, I would allow you to refer to your notes if you had a Mandy just sitting there right next to you. How well did Kaiser White play in preseason last year? Practice, joint practice, uh, exhibition games, whatever. You got any memory of how well Kaiser White played? Yeah, I thought it looked pretty good last summer. Um I and I thought he earned his role 
during training camp and during the preseason. I was surprised during the year when he started to struggle that we didn't see any kind of rotation. But like during, I, I thought he looked pretty good last summer. So I was not surprised to see him win that job uh, outright. Uh, I was surprised when he did start struggling in the middle of the year that there wasn't any kind of rotation or any way for Jonathan Gannon to get snaps for Nicobe Dean. The, the, yeah, you figure out the reason why I asked. Last year, you had a third-round draft pick. Sound familiar? Like Mr. Brown at safety, who people were all excited to see, and he never got onto the field. That was just the way the Eagles ran it. They kept their two linebackers on the field. They stayed healthy. They played well enough. They never came off the field. Could that happen at safety? That we're all looking at Brown and know he's got a burst that the other guys don't have, but the Eagles do value veterans and guys who have been there and done that, or at least they did the first two years of Nick Sirianni's coaching here in town. Do you think that's a possibility again? And and Brown just gets the delayed startup cost that they don't want to put a rookie out there and have to go through that. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, it's possible, but I think they would probably pull the trigger a little quicker on Sydney because like I mentioned, Kaiser had a pretty good summer last year. They did not rotate at that position last summer. It was his job from the spring on. They rotated a heck of a lot. Uh, yeah. This summer, and yeah. Sidney Brown was part of that rotation. He got first team reps, and he worked his way up from the third team. So uh, there was clearly progression with Sidney, and and I, I don't think that spot is as solidified as the other linebacker spot was last year. Yeah, um, agreed. There, four p.m. Dave today. Uh, Derek Barnett, Eagle, yay or nay? I think he's still going to be an Eagle. I, I, I don't think the Eagles are particularly looking to like trade him. I, th- I think it would take a decent return, and I don't know who's giving a decent return. I, I, I think he would bring back a conditional third day three pick, like a, you know. A, I said conditional sixth. Yeah, like a six that can turn into a five maybe, yeah. like, you know, something like that. I'd, I'd bet against that. Yeah, I, I, you know, you don't, y'all, you don't think a team will give that up? No. I don't, I mean. I think the Bears would. I mean, they don't have anybody who could rush the pass. Derek, see, Derek Barnett is not as bad as his reputation is in this city. Like, I think he's an average <laughs> yeah, rotational. Jody's one of the He's a good player. But I think it's, I, I think it's flummoxed When by... was the last time Derek Barnett made a big play? The Super Bowl. That's now five years ago. I mean, he had. I, it, that's not true. He yeah. had. He had his best season since then. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, like I, 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 get, here's, I get. Here's the disconnect, Dave. I think a lot of people say if he didn't live up to the billing as the 14th overall pick. No question about that. That's we can all stipulate that. I think yeah. he didn't live up to the billing. But if he were a third or fourth round pick, you'd say, oh, that's a pretty good rotational player. At some point, you got to move on. It works both ways. Jody and I talk about it. TJ Edwards, you brought up TJ. At some point, you got to say, well, he went undrafted, but he's just a darn good football player. Uh, Same thing with the other guy. Well, maybe he didn't live up to the hype. Maybe he got overdrafted, but that doesn't make him a terrible football player. He's a good, solid player rotational end but that's not what you want with the 14th pick in the draft 
Um, so I see both sides, but he's not terrible. He's not terrible. Here's, here's where uh, I guess we'll part ways. Um, and you know I agree with you on the whole you are tied to your draft status for your entire life. After you've been in the league for a while, you are what you are. You are what production you put onto the field. And I think that that's both unfair and foolish to do it. Oh, my God, he was a, such a low pick, and he became so good. He was such a high pick, and he was such a disappointment. At some point, you do need to move on. But the other thing that is always a legitimate reason to question a guy is salary. And if you're a first-round pick, your salary stays till it ends, and it gets higher and higher and higher each year. And Howie Roseman re-signed him to another contract with dead cap money attached to it going forward for years to come. Yeah, that does count. That does matter. He wasn't a fourth-round pick who's playing for the league minimum. He's a guy who's been making good coin all along, and he just doesn't put up any stats. Yeah. I mean, um, that doesn't... You guys his, don't agree. That's fine. Yeah, but no, his salary no, doesn't change no. the fact that he's been like an average rotational defensive end. Yeah. Yeah. To me... I mean, like if you what, were, is, like, what is an average rotational defensive end usually make? I'm not talking about his salary. Yeah, he, I am. And yeah. I think that that's, a, good, that's sense, a very Jody. fair if way to judge a guy. About, you don't think it's fair to judge a guy by his salary Jody, in a cap league? Jody, I'm a guest. Let me finish. If you're huh. talking about the player, I understand you're saying salary has an effect. But we're talking about the player on the field. He's an average player. I'm not saying he's good. I'm saying he hasn't lived up to his draft status. Maybe he hasn't lived up to his salary. He's an average player. I'm not saying he's good. He, he's an NFL player. Yeah. What are we talking about? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. He's, uh, he, he, he's, I don't want to be the, the Derek Barnett guy. Like, <laughs> I the Derek no, guy. I feel <laughs> the same way. I don't want to be the Derek Barnett guy. But then you hear about, we just got a, a chance. I don't know if you were in on it that day when Wash talked, but he, there's such a disconnect about the organization, what they feel about Derek Barnett as a player and what the fan base and, and um, uh, Jody is in that category, uh, not fan, but just doesn't think he's terrible. And I think it's all related to the fact that he's the 14th overall pick and he broke Reggie White's sack records and he didn't live up to the billing. He I didn't think live... some of it's frustration too with his personal fouls, which is legitimate. Well, yeah, that part. And, and Nick Sirianni, by the way, Nick Sirianni has admitted when he got caught saying it's always him, you know, that was one of his mistakes. That was the same Dallas game where he wore beat Dallas. He said, Hey, he was a young goofball coach then. He didn't know what he was doing. Learning on the job, he still gets too emotional probably at times. But, yeah, I mean, and, and we'll move on from Derek because it's such a – he, he hasn't lived up to the billing, but he's an NFL player. I think Dave's description is right on. But here's where I'll say the Eagles might want to press pause for this reason, Dave. I'm starting to get concerned about Nolan Smith. We're, we're, we're five straight practices. He kind of mentioned the shoulder's an issue. It was before it was an issue. Are you concerned all about Nolan Smith long-term? It's something to think about. He's missed five practices now, 11, 12 days now since he's practiced, since he's played. He got hurt in that uh, the second preseason game. He missed the third preseason game. Uh, yeah, a little concerned because the, we talked to him after – the second preseason game and 
if you go back and listen to that interview, I kept asking him about it because it didn't make sense to me. Um, he said it was precautionary and it was like a stinger. They rubbed some icy hot on it. But then he said he admitted that it was connected to, to the pack, the to Doug surgery Peterson. for the pack. And I was like, well, was it scar tissue? I was like, yeah, you could say that. <laughs> and then he said something about, you know, his shoulders, his baby. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, that was the one that concerned me. Yeah, that look, was... I don't want to sound any alarms, but like it's I think it's worth noting. And it's worth uh, it's certainly worth a question or two to Nick Sirianni, which we haven't had the opportunity yeah, uh, to get in while. front of him in a while. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's something to think about, especially when you're talking about, you know, should they trade Derek Barnett? We don't know Nolan Smith's status. Hassan Reddick is going to play, yeah. but he's, I mean, it, that's not easy. Yeah. He uses his hands as a, as a, as an edge player. So yeah, I, I think those are things to think about. You don't think there's any chance Eagles are making a movie quarterback in the next 24, 48 hours, do you? At quarterback? Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. Nor, nor do I. And some yeah, people I, are ready I just, to run. I, like the, the contract Mariotta. is too prohibitive. Yeah, Mar- I, Marcus hasn't had a great summer. Uh, but I, I don't I don't know what to think about that, Dave, because A, early, you know, he was playing shortstop with Brett Todd playing center. So a lot of those reps were sort of, ruined uh because even if you if you corral the bad snap it ruins the timing if he were forced to play obviously he'd be playing with jason kelsey and lane johnson and it landed dickerson and aj brown Devontae smith dallas goddard uh he would look a lot better as every quarterback would um but while i say that I'd be more comfortable with Gardner Minshew than Marcus Mariota. Is that an overstatement as a backup quarterback? No, uh, but I, I don't think it's like I. I but I, I think they're like you can expect Mariota to look better in a regular season game, um, and, and part of the reason is what you said about the guys around him, and the other part, for better or worse, is that his play style. I mean, they clearly told him after that first preseason game, stay in the pocket, dude. Don't don't get hurt in the preseason because <laughs> he was running around like a madman yeah. in the first one. And that's his play style. He's going to do that if he ever has to play, which is like that can help him be more effective. But it also we've seen him get injured in his career, too. So uh, it makes me rethink the whole thought process of having a similar play style to Jalen as the backup. It might just make more sense to have a guy – you can just trust to get rid of the football quickly, and they might like have Tanner McKee. Tanner. Yeah, baby. But and, and the other thing with Tanner is like, yes, he looked very good in the preseason. Excited about Tanner. Think there's a future there. Uh, it's vanilla defense. Yes, in the preseason. If 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 there's a rookie quarterback out there at any point in the regular season, defensive coordinators are gonna get excited about this and they're gonna they're gonna yeah. disguise a bunch of coverages they're gonna throw a bunch of blitzes and, and he obviously didn't see that in the preseason yeah all right you guys are out there every single day practice joint practice we all get to see the preseason games on tv dave who do you have a better feeling about that you're you, you feel good that you are pretty well equipped to be able to lay out ahead of time what they're going to do 
come opening game against the Patriots, the new offensive coordinator, the new defensive coordinator, who do you think you've learned more about and how they're going to do their job week one via the preseason, which is just different than a regular season game. Who do you think they got a better grasp on your DC or your OC? Yeah, it's tricky because they're not like, it's not apples to apples here because offensively it's still, it's not his scheme. Um, I, I guess in a way decide because I I've seen, I, I had to learn more about him and this defense. I, I t- honestly haven't learned a ton about the scheme other than uh, his willingness to try some different things. And I like that. I, I like seeing the Bradbury reps in the slot. I like seeing some free safety looks. I like seeing um, some, some a gap blitzes from Nolan Smith. Like I like seeing some of those things. I don't know how much I'll use them, <laughs> but I, 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 I think that there's some creativity with the defensive coordinator. The problem I have with Brian Johnson is not his fault. I just don't know exactly what he's going to look like as a play caller. And there's no way for me to know that. Until no, week one. Yeah. You know? So it's like that, that's the only question I have about Brian Johnson. And it's one that like, he just it, it can't answer until we get to the season. So I, I guess by default, I'd go to Cy, yeah. um, but that's not like Brian Johnson's fault. I like the way Brian talks about it, part science, part arts. I, I do think he understands there's a feel to it. Like, I think Shane was really, really good. I think Shane was a really good play caller. Yeah, run, let's uh, run the same play three times. Like, yeah. I love that. Well, I mean, it, that's part of it. It's like, I remember one of the funnest things about the XFL was uh, they would mic up the coaches, and I think it was Hal Mummy, and he was like, they were rolling and he's like, run it again, run it again, <laughs> run it again. And I'm like, part of the reason that's why coaches don't want to be mic'd up because they want to make it out to be like it's, you know, uh, advanced, you know, level stuff. And it's not that advanced, but not rocket um, science. Is that what you're saying, John? Calling uh, plays is not rocket science. Yeah. Shane's like that. And you know, Dave, he'll throw a couple of F-bombs to make it interesting, but I'll say, if you're going to F and do this, I'm going to F and do this. And I, I just thought he had, and then the callback, he would set people up with one look and then he would go back to it in a big spot and do something else. I All think last year I was calling that. for a shot play yeah. on, a, on a QB sneak look and they never gave it to me. Yeah. Well, we can't have everything, but uh <laughs> I had a lot of respect for Shane as a play caller. And yeah, that's something none of us are ever going to know. All right. Uh, D Zangaro, NBCS. Make sure you follow Dave on X. Does a tremendous job. And <laughs> I know everybody laughs when I say that. NBC Sports Philadelphia. Um, ended a quarter cornerback. Two things. Uh, one, what'd you think of the Rogers signing? Love it. I love it. Out of the box. I think the Eagles went outside the margins again. Might turn into nothing, but it's a pretty good player. Yeah. Why not? Um, and then we've talked about this a lot. I'm a I'm I'm team Garner. I don't want to go team AJ or team Devontae, but I'm team Garner over team Ricks just because I think he was ahead of him throughout the summer. He's a better special teams player. Jody had me looking up special teams. I didn't even realize this on PFF. They do grade Rick Lovato, but I don't did. This is for Jody, Dave. Uh, Makai was number one. He was the number one special teams player on the Eagles. 
And by the way, he had more special teams snapped than anybody else, 50. Eli Ricks, I had to scroll down three pages. He's number 57. This team lost Zach McPherson and Sean Bradley. So Rodgers and then Ricks versus Gardner. Did they really have 50 special team snaps in the preseason? Uh, Makai did. He was he was a team I'm not high. talking about Makai. I'm talking about just the Eagles in general. Yeah. They went well, for it down. on fourth down. Did they really punt, kickoff, cover? Well, or is no, it's, it, it's, it's total. It's kickoff return, kickoff coverage, punt return, punt coverage, field goal block. So it's everything. So he was a core four guy. He did everything. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, Rogers first. Yeah, why not? Um, there's no downside. Uh, you, you get a, a yeah. decent player and you see what you have next year. Uh, I get why the Colts released him, but maybe they shouldn't have. Like, just stick it out. Um, if he understands he did something wrong, he apologizes, you move on, you can have him next year. So, especially a young team like that, I don't know why they released him. Um, and then, uh, look, I on merit, you're probably right. Gardner over the course of a summer has done more to make the team than Eli Ricks. The problem is he did a lot of it when the other 31 teams weren't watching. Um, so I think that does factor in and like it, uh, you know, we, we overblow how many guys are going to get claimed, but I think really? Eli Ricks is a legitimate guy who could get claimed. And I, I think that has to factor into the equation when you're putting this roster together. So I, I, I would keep if if it comes down to those two, I, I think the Eagles would opt to keep him and try to sneak Garner through through waivers, and then you can always elevate him if you need that special teams presence in the first few. Does anybody care about Michael Clay in that building? Dave? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I'm thought a... I thought the Eagles special team stunk last year. It was surprised that not only Michael Clay was retained, but given a contract extension. But they really don't give him any help. They, they just uh, down the list of priorities. Uh, Michael, make it work. Michael, <laughs> here are the guys. Michael, make it work. Yeah. They really don't. They uh, they used to care about Dave. Dave Biff. They used to get Dave players. I don't. I don't know, man. Is that at the end? Like, they weren't anymore, though. No, I'll that's ask, true. Then, that's then true. let me then let me ask both you guys. And again, we love it whenever you come on, Dave. Thank you very much. Is that on Sirianni? that he doesn't go to bat for his special teams coach with Howie, who is the creator of all roster spots, that, hey, you got to take care of my guy. You're you're hanging my special teams guy out to dry with all these moves. Is that on the coach that he's got to fight a little bit more for his guy, Michael Clay, if we all agree that he's not being given the most bullets to, to, to play special teams with? Maybe a little shared blame, but I, I go back to the end of the day of Fit Bearer, still under Doug Peterson, and we were starting to see that. Like, yeah, we Raymond's were, were gone, yeah. Maragoses, and, and like all those guys were gone. So uh, I think it predates Sirianni getting here. Uh, that's yeah. a good point. That's why we have you on, Dave Zengal, because you always make good points. Thank you for doing so again today. Appreciate it. We'll get you on during the season, big guy. All right. Take care, guys. Dave Zingaro, NBC Sports Philly, here with us on Birds 365. All right, quickie timeout, come back. We're running late. McMullen's got a busy day ahead of him. He's got to be on top of everything on cut-down day. So we'll come back and put a bow on the show.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428-267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Welcome back, guys, here on Bird 365. All right, Johnny Mac, no you already submitted your 53-man roster for the contest you're in with all your fellow beat guys. You're worried that Eli Ricks is going to be the guy who's going to beat you this yeah, year? Yeah, I am, I am, I am, I am, I am worried about it. And I'm worried about Michael Clay. He's a nice guy. Nobody cares about Michael Clay. Nobody they, cares. Now, maybe the Eagles are different, maybe. Like I, I, I said, in a lot of ways, it's a litmus test. Uh, but I get what everyone's saying. If you, if you ask me, and I already said, Jody, if you ask me who's the most likely to be claimed on waivers, it is Ricks. Uh, and maybe that factors into it. Because now I still say, and I'm talking about the three guys, I'm adding Mario Goodrich as well, because those are the three in the conversation. I still say it's more likely than not all of them will get through waivers. Um, but obviously we'll never know with one if they keep one because they'll be on the team. And ultimately, I think they'll have all three. So I don't think it matters that much. It's just a matter of who's on the 53 and who's going to be on the practice squad. I think all three are going to be here. Um, but I, I think if, if somebody's going to contribute, it's it's Makai Garner. So. I mean, and it's going to be on special teams, obviously. It's not going to be on 
uh, as a corner. If they have to play any of them at corner, there's going to be some issues. Right. But here's the reason why I think it's not only part of it. I think it's the driving force of the decision. If you think you're getting the other two through to the practice squad, you should definitely keep the one that you think is most likely to be selected. That's going to be uh, picked up on waivers. If you believe the other two are getting through, well, then it's an easy call. You keep the one guy you think is going to get claimed. Yeah, but I, from my perspective, I think all three are getting through. But I, you know, I'm talking about, you know, ten percent versus five percent, and maybe three percent. Right. You never know. I mean, Josh Blackwell got claimed last year. I brought up Josh earlier in the show. If you would have told me Josh Blackwell of all the Eagles cuts was getting claimed, I would have said. Well, you're nuts. He was just on, he was just cut a week ago um, and nobody claimed him. Why are they going to claim him this time? And sure enough, he got claimed. So you never know. I mean, you never know. But I, I think, you know, everything, another theme of the show, gambling, because of Isaiah Rogers, it, everything's a gamble, but I don't think it's, I think it's, I don't think it's a big gamble on, 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 on any of them which has been my point from the start. Understood. Then we'll see if anybody who who is actually on the 53 and if either or the other two get claimed once they're out there for the rest of the world to be able to pick and choose. But we won't be talking about who's getting claimed till tomorrow's show because we got to get down to 53 first and then see whose name actually does get grabbed up by another team, if any. And yeah, I'm on record. I don't think the Eagles are claiming anybody this year. It. The only way that happens if if there's a guy that just absolutely falls off the earth. But if that's the case, he's not getting a 31. I'll stand by my Eagles aren't claiming anybody. I know it's two days down the road that we've been talking about here on Birds 365, but unlike last year. Are they going to trade for anybody? That's, to me, the more. um, If they take a seventh rounder for Derek Barnett, and yeah, I'm sorry. I'm the Derek Barnett hater, which makes both. Which I know makes that. both you and and <laughs> well, David already Dow, known that. who I didn't know want that, any but... part of being the Derek Barnett defender, think, but yeah, you did. What number show are we on, Jody? What, what five ninety seven? Five ninety seven. We're creeping up on six hundred. I think it was show one when I knew you were, didn't like Derek Barnett. So I've known that for many many shows and many years now. Um, I I I just think he's more important than people realize mainly because of Nolan Smith. And I'm, I, I'm legitimately that, concerned. See, now that's about legit. Nolan Smith. If, if, if we don't know what Nolan Smith's shoulder is going to be like, then that is legit. That's a legit reason to hold on to him. Yeah. But to be truthful with you, no, I'd rather see Patrick Johnson out there. I, I don't yeah, need well, to see, I don't need to see an unnecessary I mean, roughness penalty again. They have Janarius Robinson, they have Patrick Johnson, they have Kyron Johnson, uh, they have Teron Jackson. Um, they're deep. They are very deep. In in uh, what did you just throw out five names there? Yeah, four. Four plus Barnett. Plus yeah. Barnett is five. Yeah, he'd be fifth for me. I don't know if yeah. you were ranking the well, he's uh, the best player of that player. group. But uh, you know, that, that other things come into play. You know, Janarius is younger. Uh, they're all cheaper. Uh, I would say Patrick's uh, the best of that other group. I would say it's Patrick Johnson. And, oh, by the way, how many snaps is Derek Barnett going to play on special teams on Sunday if he's activated? 
my guess would be uh, zero. Zero. Yeah, that, that I would factor that in too. Uh, you got to. Well, uh, nobody's factoring special teams. Well, I'm trying. I'm trying to give Michael Clay a helping hand. The freaking like, number one defensive end who can actually play some specials. Not the freaking the, the freaking number one special teams player on the game who played fifty freaking snaps on all on all four units. And no, screw that guy. We don't need him. Uh, uh, you know, the, nobody cares about Michael Clay. I'm the only one who cares about Michael Clay. A wise football man once said to me, nobody worries about stopping the run until they have that's, to stop the run. very true. Nobody cares about special teams, John. I know. Nobody. I know. Until they run a kickback inside the 10-yard well, line in the I, Super Bowl. And then guess what? Everybody forgets again. They think yeah. about it in the moment. Go, oh, yeah. we screwed up. Yeah. But then they go, nah, never mind. It's still Well, I, I'm more concerned than usual because of, the injuries as well um, to Zach and Sean. Um, yeah, it could get ugly on special teams. All right, brother. Uh, you got a lot of work to do today, but you will be ready to jump back in here with me tomorrow morning, correct? Yeah, let's let's plan on it. Let's plan on it. Unless Howie, uh, you know, keeps us all hostage. Yeah, we'll, later be, today. we'll be looking at the 53 and debating who is going to be added via the practice squad tomorrow. It should be fun. McDonald and McMullen coming back here on Birds 365 and 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.